1: Always false
0: player forever.
1: Welcome into Franchise Player Crossover Podcast of the Old Miss Spirit on three at Inside the Rebels 247. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit. Ben on Twitter, he's David Johnson at Inside the Rebels. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate review, talk of champions in iTunes. And when you do, leave a five star review. Doesn't matter what you say, as long as it's five stars. Hey, buddy. Did you sleep
0: well last night?
1: I slept in my recliner.
0: Did you feel like someone was laying across your legs so you couldn't move? Did you?
1: I said it yesterday, (laughs) and I'll say it again today. The Jarrell Post story is equal parts infuriating and anger-inducing, and also that small anecdote about laying on his legs is objectively hilarious. The idea of my guy Poe that like laying his big ass on somebody's legs to get his money is hilarious.
0: So they wouldn't escape in the middle of the night. And look, look, Jarrell Poe is the nicest guy you will ever meet. And and many of you have met him and many of you will say the same thing, but you know what? I mean, this cat played defensive line in the FCC and, the, and with the Kansas City Chiefs. Who in the hell thought it would be a good idea to break it off in Jarrell? Uh, you know, th- th- this, this other guy, he needs to be locked up for his own good. And, I, and like
1: I mentioned yesterday, and, I, and I'll keep saying it, one thing we need to make sure that we note and that people keep in mind with this is this was not – some guy owed Darrell Po Poe money, and the big hulking black guy like kidnapped him and rushed him to the ATM because that's the, exactly what those Jackson Ridgeland policemen are wanting you to think. That's not what happened here. What happened here is a known scammer, con artist, grifter. Um, was about to like he he had his latest grift escape plan was to get like two people kidnapped so he could flee the country. Like that guy has fled. Mississippi, at least. He's gone. They can't find him because the police took his word for it that he'd been kidnapped kidnapped by Jarrell Poe. But like he had tried, had the scammer to get other guys who'd invested like Poe to come with him to the bank. So it raises the question: was, was that the plan all along? Was that the escape plan? This is not individual, an individual story in regards to Jarel Poe, Jarrell Poe po doing something. He just got wrapped up in a bigger, far bigger conspiracy. With a scammer's, it's just it's an insane story. And the Malik well, Ewing story is tragic. I mean, it was yesterday was a very, very overwhelming day. <laughs> it really yeah, was. It was
0: kind of nuts. Yeah. Uh, and let me say this about Poe before we move on. Yeah, you know, I, I think I'm a good dad. I would have no problem putting my child in a car with Jarrell Poe to go to the park for the day.
1: Oh my God! And if I- Poe called me and said, "Hey Ben, let me take the girls." And we're going to go to the, to the jump park or something. Okay. Sure.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's that's how well we know Jarrell. And, um, you know, sooner or later, I'll make a prediction. Somebody down in the city of Ridgeland is going to wise up. And all charges are going to be dropped against Jarrell. Uh, now, I, I, I think that's going to happen. Again, no matter what the circumstances are. You cannot, if Ben owes me ten bucks, I, I can't go get Ben against his will and lay on his legs all night.
1: But well, again though, yeah, I, I agree that there they, there is a problem there because there is a case to be made there. But here's the thing where Jarrell Poe is completely exonerated in my opinion, and so is the other man who was in the car with him. That was from California, the grower for the medicinal marijuana dispensary, that this, quote, investor entrepreneur had raised all this money for, from many different investors, including Poe and the 30 other people that were on a conference call. He said, hey, let's just go to the bank and I'll get y'all's money out. So they went to the bank to get the money out. It's not like Poe had a deadly weapon, a gun or a knife. Now, laying on his legs, that could become Problematic. But if all of the other stuff that a brilliant report by Mississippi today, if any and all of that is corroborated, then, yes, all charges will be dropped. You're right. It is problematic to lay on the legs thing, even though it is funny. However, this was not a kidnapping charge. This police that had been investigated just two years ago for racial profiling took the white 28 year old scammers word at the bank and arrested Jarrell Poe, and arrested who they, I guess, thought, oh, it's just some weed head from California, the other guy that was with them, the grower, for the medicinal marijuana dispensary. No, this scammer got away. And that's what's Stop. really frustrating for me today, is that like for the entire first few days when the story is reported, there wasn't a picture of the scammer. There wasn't a picture of even the second guy in the car. There was a mugshot of Jarrell Poe. And the culture in which we live in and report news, like I'm waiting for the follow-up from ESPN and everybody else who used Jarrell Poe's a uh, mugshot, which would grab eyeballs and, and draw engagement. I'm ready f- to see them run a more fleshed-out story. Good reporting, like Mississippi Today, but I will not hold my breath.
0: Yeah, I, I decided not to report that, simply, and I explained Same. myself. Look, I know Jarell Poe, there, and, and I've heard things about this story. There's much more to it, and uh, it all came out yesterday in the Mississippi Today story. If you haven't read it, 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 it's posted on our message board somewhere. I encourage you to. But bottom line, Drell Poe, good guy, trying to get his money back, took matters into his own hands. I
1: mean, this scammer owed like $20 million. I think that's what he owes to all the people who've invested in his different startups.
0: Yeah, businesses. he needs to get a part-time job down at the Double DoubleQuick um, to start trying to pay those people back. He needs to be arrested for fraud. And maybe he will be. But more importantly, you know, hashtag set Jarrell free. Yeah. Let him go on his way. All right, moving on, Ben, if you're ready to move on. Oh, boy. The in situation. Uh, I, yeah, we, I don't know what to say because we don't know all of the facts yet facts are being gathered we we know it was an accident
1: a tragic Um, accident is how it was described to both you and i
0: yeah and and And? how it was released yesterday i I did notice that Ole miss news the official news twitter account of the university of mississippi did not use the word accident they kept calling it an incident um and, and i think words matter but um you know, just prayers for Malik and uh, the, the, the family of Mr. Coates, who, who passed away, a 19-year-old from Lilburn, Georgia, uh, while visiting the Ole Miss campus. And, you know, we've just kind of got to give it time to flesh itself out. Uh, I'd like to say Malik is going to be fine, but, you know, define fine because, you know, one of your really good friends – died
1: yeah and because th- like for me what ultimately happens with Malik which you know if this was truly a tragic tragic accident then nothing's going to be going to happen to Malik but like this is a human being who lost his friend in an accident in a car accident this yeah. is a 19 a year old who lost his life this has been loss of life and you know like something that will stick with Malik who I've heard is devastated for the rest of his life so assuming that when they go through the proper channels, do the authorities and, and everybody else that Malik is completely exonerated or there was no um, no foul play involved or anything like that, which that's what we've heard, but we don't know because you got to let the process play out. Assuming that it follows that track that we've heard, it's more of a human story. There was a loss of life here. A son um, died, uh, a, a brother, a friend. It, it's a tragic, tragic thing. And that's what like Wednesday was so hard because it was bad after bad after bad. And like the outcome of games, pale in comparison, don't even like approach what Malik's dealing with and what Poe's dealing with. So I don't want to like minimize it or clump them all together and say, oh, Ole Miss had a bad day. That that seems incredibly insensitive, which is not what my intent is. But like yesterday was a shit day for Ole Miss stuff. And I hated it, I hated to hear about with Poe and the Malik stuff comes out and basketball spiraling, you know, it, 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 just feels like Ole Miss fans need some good. Ole Miss fans need some good. Ole Miss people need some good. The Ole Miss community needs some good because these are some body blows. Now these, these are, these are really tough things to deal with. And uh, I hate it for Malik and I hate it for Poe and hopefully um, the best of whatever a bad situation is will, will be the end result. But like, yeah, it's, it's a weird place right now for sure.
0: Yeah. And, 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 you know, I do want to pass this along. One thing, you know, there are all kinds of things out there floating around. Well, I heard this and I heard that regarding, <coughs> excuse me, the Malik Ewan situation. But as I understand it, once the accident happened, Malik called 911 immediately and got in his own car and drove to Memphis and was at the Memphis hospital with his friend. So, you know, any, any kind of uh, criminal liability here, I think is, is out the window. That's not what we're looking at here. Uh, all you can but, but do, the
1: procedures have to be followed and we all, Yeah, know that.
0: yeah. Uh, you got to have the investigations and, you know, UPD is not doing this alone. The Mississippi highway patrol has come in. Uh, they're working alongside UPD in reconstructing the accident scene and, and things of that nature. But um you know all, all we can do is just pray. And 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 Malik you and you know need needs our prayers right now. Um we all hated to put that story out yesterday, everybody. But
1: well it's because we've been hearing those things for a week and when we heard last week at the old Miss Spirit, I can't speak for your site obviously, but like we heard that there wasn't going to be a criminal charge. We're like okay this is A lot more complicated this is you know these are these are human beings um that we're dealing with and like you you need to let the process play out and you felt the same way too i know because we talked about it you know it's like wow something very tragic has happened here and it's that hard decision you have to make when you when you run one of these sites you know like when do you run something when do you inform because you got to be fair to the kid the kid i mean he's he's tragedy right now he's devastated
0: yeah and in all honesty we we probably could have run something Friday um the you know word started getting to us on Thursday we we did some reporter junk and uh positioned ourselves ready to report it but we wanted to wait for Ole Miss to say something first and as soon as they did you know at that point it was time to go um Ole Miss, for the record, did not name Malik Ewan, but we all had plenty of sourcing uh, to know what happened. But, you know, if, if you're a praying kind of guy or girl, pray for Malik, pray for the Coates family. Uh, just because there's not a criminal element to this does not mean there's not going to be a legal element to this. And, um, you know, we'll we'll see what plays out there.
1: Yeah. Just give me something good and say, I asked for that. And the portal has closed and Ole Miss's first of two windows efforts in the portal slowing down exponentially, obviously. And now, like the full focus because bas- baseball opens inter squad practices on the 27th, officially the 27th of January, officially gets preseason practices started in preparations for its title defense. So that'll be fun to talk about when it happens. However, right now, we're in that period where basketball needs to be doing well and it's just a disaster
0: yeah it was last night Uh, i'll I'll say that much but you know with the malik Ewan news breaking earlier in the day we don't know how that affected the rebels or you know i'm sure it did to an extent because you know they know what their teammate is going through to an extent
1: Um, but they've been like this all year
0: yeah, and Missouri was on fire last night. Now they Yeah, but that's
1: partially run. because Ole Miss is bad.
0: Ole Miss is bad. There, there's, there's no denying that. What, one in seven now in the SEC, and, you know, it's hard to find that second win in the SEC. And this weekend, they've got their Big 12 uh, crossover matchup with a pretty good Oklahoma State team. So – Good you luck with where you. I am
1: with that right now with everything. I think I've finally come to grips with with all of this with basketball. Hmm. This is how I feel about it. Because I was talking about it on the Brad and Chad podcast last week about Kermit's future and all that kind of stuff. I talked to Keith, I know you did too, about Kermit's future. I mean, it's just that now. Uh, he wasn't rolled over last year, it was Kermit. He's in his fifth year. Um, basically, the status of Kermit is everything we're focusing on now. And Keith told me yesterday that he doesn't. His philosophy is not to make moves midseason. That's commendable and everything, but th- this team is really, really bad. And yeah. they're like, it's what's most discouraging is they're not fun bad. They're not well, showing signs of being something more. And I think at this point, we can safely assume when Deshaun Ruffin, a next-level player, tore his knee up last fe- February, it was kind of over for everybody because. Um, Kermit went to the offseason knowing he needed to get scoring, and he just doubled down on defense first and and rim protection, redundant forwards like Theo Kuba uh, and uh, Javius McKinnis, Miles Burns. They're all essentially a different variant of the of the same thing. And all the guys that they've left, like the most damning thing, the recruiting has been good. He signed like the top-ranked players as Kermit in Ole Miss history. Matthew Morrell was the top-ranked signing out of high school until – Um, Kermit Trump that one or did one better with Deshaun who was the first McDonald's All-American signed at a high school and yet they get progressively worse and the guys that are gone, like Austin Crowley's averaging 17.6 points per game at Southern Miss. Blake Kenson's averaging 15.8 points per game at Pitt. Luis Rodriguez at a good for a good UNLV UNLV team, 12 points. Jarquel Joyner dropped 28 last night for NC State. He's averaging 16.3 points. Meanwhile, Ole Miss has one guy. And, and credit to my guy Jake at um, what's his Twitter account at OM Rebel Nation for dropping or collecting all these stats and putting them together. Ole Miss currently has one guy, one player, averaging double digits, and that's Matthew Morrell, who was hurt. That is, like, if you're wondering what went wrong, why has it not been working? The recruiting's been there. Kermit loves the job. He's a great dude. He's great at marketing this program. I think it's strictly an evaluations problem.
0: Well, but At this well, point, not adapting to the times. To I beg to differ. I think it's a recruiting problem. Okay, when you go into the portal last year, and your focus are on defensive guys. What the hell did you think was going to happen? I know you thought, okay, I got Murrell, I got Ruffin, I've got scores. We're gonna but get you didn't better. have score and you were terrible at
1: scoring last year. Exactly. Exactly. But that's what I'm saying. That's why I don't think it's just like as simple as saying it's a recruiting problem because the recruiting on paper has been good. And it's not like he didn't sign Austin Crowley. I mean, I remember when Kermit. I went to practice, the first practice I saw when Austin Curley had just gotten on campus. He was a four-star, an in-state four-star that Vanderbilt desperately wanted. And I remember Kermit told me, I mean, this is one of the best players I've ever signed. And yet he's gone, and he's putting up 17.6 points per game for Southern Miss. You signed Jarkel Joyner. You brought him brought him home from Cal State Bakersfield. Blake Henson, that one's a little bit more complicated because Blake dealt with some serious health stuff. So like, I'm just glad that Blake is succeeding. So let's just take Blake out of it. All right. But Luis Rodriguez was the unicorn that, I mean, was was claimed to be the unicorn for Kermit's teams. And there was always the promise of what he was going to be for year after year. He dealt with injury, but now he's playing for UNLV and averaging 12 points and you don't have but one guy averaging double figures. That's not about the personnel. It's about the coaching. It's about the evaluations of, of what you're running and what you're trying to be, and for three straight off seasons, Kermit said we're trying to get, we're going to get faster, we're going to be more progressive, we're going to like bring this offense into the 2020s. And every single year, Ole Miss finishes in the 300 in offensive pace. They can't score, especially from the perimeter, and the defense that was supposed to carry them just isn't good enough.
0: <laughs> I, so I
1: agree. Gets that place when it's not. All right, then it's not players. Ole Miss is never. Ole Miss fans are never going to be like all in with Ole Miss basketball, completely bought in, as in, hey, let's raise $10 million like we did for football, for basketball players. That's just not going to happen. But you can be competitive enough to where you're not getting these results. Still struggling to find a second win in the SEC. I mean, the, the record is abysmal. The overall record for Kermit is abysmal. They've lost, I want to say, like 19 of their last 22 SEC games.
0: Last night marked the one-year anniversary of the, of the last Ole Miss SEC victory in the Tad Pad. It has now been over a year since Ole Miss has beaten an SEC team, I said the Tad Pad, inside the pavilion. Over a year.
1: Your national champions are back for another exciting year of Ole Miss baseball. Show your support for both Ole Miss Baseball and the Ole Miss Athletics Foundation by signing up for the Pledge Per Win and Pledge Per Home Run campaigns. Donations are charged every Monday, allocated into your blue priority point total, and are up to 90% tax deductible. So sign up today by visiting to slash donate. That's slash donate or call the Ole Miss Athletics Foundation at 662 915 7159. That's Ole Miss Baseball and the Ole Miss Athletics Foundation, 662-915-7159. And Ole Miss fans, Morgan Wallen is bringing his one-night-at-a-time tour to Vaught-Hemingway Stadium April 22nd and April 23rd. Tickets for both nights are still available and start at just $78. To purchase, visit MorganWallen.com. That's MorganWallen.com. The car buying process can be a lot. I know. I've been there. You just want to get in and out with a new car and the best deal. Simple. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford keeps it simple. They're going to take care of you, get you in and out with your new vehicle with a great deal. Their inventory right now is priced to sell. And what separates Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford from any and all competitors is they aim to address each of your needs with the utmost respect, care, and attention to detail. Contact them today at 662-234-8000. That's 662-234-8000. Stop by and see them in person at 2201 East University Avenue in Oxford. That's Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford to find your next perfect car, truck, or Jeep. Alan Samuels, let's be friends. Ole Miss fans, you can never be too careful, especially these days and with young kids at home. Don't take any chances and secure your home with Eufy Smart Lock, an easy install, all-in-one security device for your front door and that peace of mind we're all looking for. I myself am a Eufy user, and I can tell you firsthand, go ahead and ditch those house keys forever, grab a Phillips head screwdriver because that's all you'll need, and give Eufy Smart Lock a try today. No monthly fee, and Eufy customer service is waiting on standby 247 to help you with any and all home security needs. So what are you waiting for? Head to Vault Hemingway or the Pavilion or Swayze Field to cheer on your Ole Miss Rebels with the reassurance your home is in good hands with Ufi Smart Lock. Ufi Video Lock makes it easy to keep an eye on things back home. Its built-in camera can tell you who's at the front door from the comfort of your stadium seat. Search Ufi Video Lock, that's E-U-F-Y Video Lock, or visit eufyofficial.com, eufyofficial.com videolock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. That's Eufy Smart Lock and Eufy Video Lock, a proud sponsor of the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. The older I get, the more I realize there are just some things I don't know. Balancing a budget, for example. I'm not a financial whiz. Sure, I know batting averages, passing and rushing yards, three-point shooting percentage. But intentionally putting away money for retirement? That's where my friends at Wallet Smart Money Podcast come in. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the financial world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning my tax bills, so I don't dread April every single year. Actually, I was one of the first in line this time around. Saving on travel so that I can take my girls on trips. Because spending less on airfare means more money for an extra night and maybe a fancy dinner too. So enjoy the things you love, the old Miss Rebels, your family, your friends, knowing that your financial situation is taken care of with advice that you followed from NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app today. Trust me, future you will thank you. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? And there's no better time to throw financial goals into the mix. Because the past year has been stressful for lots of people, me included. So why not take this opportunity to reevaluate where you are financially and where you want to be down the road? And that's where my friend Thomas Chandler comes in. Thomas is a financial planner with Capital Financial Group and wants to help you set your financial goals and work towards a more secure financial future. So give him a call today at 662-296-0186 for a no-cost consultation. That's Thomas Chandler at 662-296-0186 to get started today on your journey to financial health today. Ole Miss is not going to be an every-year contender. It's just not going to be because the commitment's not there. But this is non-competitiveness. They're 9-4 and four in games in which they were favored, including a loss to frickin' North Alabama or Arizona, wherever the hell it was. First, North, What was that
0: mean? North Alabama.
1: North Alabama, first ever Power <laughs> 5 win
0: if you're looking for signs you knew they were sick at that point they were yeah. they were very sick when oh, they lost O his favored
1: this year david owen oh, 7 owen oh, yeah. 7 i mean this is ed orgeron ed ed orgeron's last year bad houston nut in 20 whatever it was bad 2010 2011 this is terrible it's not it's not about and it and like I feel bad for Kermit because Kermit's a good dude. I know he wants it. He wants it, and he believes he has the, the plan and the answer. But, like, at some point, the results are what they are. And last night, like, no one's paying attention either. That's the that's the biggest problem as far as, like, Keith's discuss, like decision-making and what keith has got to figure out. There's nobody at the games, and it's not yeah. as if they're good-bad. They're just bad. They're yeah, non-competitive. The folks,
0: the folks that are at the games are season ticket holders who are like – I paid for this crap. I'm going to go suffer through it.
1: Yeah. Um, but it's, it's non-competitive basketball. It's running this regressive style that doesn't work in 2023. Cause I would argue that the personnel is good enough, not necessarily to be an NCAA tournament team. That's not what I'm talking about, but this isn't competitive.
0: Nope. And it's not going to be. And that's the, the next six weeks of the season or so. And, um, uh, you know, this season will whimper out and, um, Look, there's going to be a coaching search, period. We all know that. Um, And you'll have a new era and some new excitement. There always is when there's a new head coach of any sport. And, um, you know, so this chapter will be closed. Um, It's painful, excruciatingly painful to watch it close at this molasses-like pace um you know you not only have all the problems on the court but you've got it issues off the court and your fear is that those issues will only compound you know will he lose this team um I hope not but we've seen it happen here before I mean I mean AK didn't leave uh Uh, you know, in in the most ceremonious manner. Um, Let's see what happens. Hopefully they can hold it together. And, uh, hey, baseball season right around the corner. Look, baseball and softball both. And I'm going to tell you, Jamie Traxel. she's kind of got a sledgehammer hidden behind her back, about to swat a net. She has got a really good roster this year. And the pitching may finally be deep enough to get them over the hump and maybe get them to Oklahoma City. That's all I got to say about that. But they've got a very tough schedule on the front end. May not really start to see it until SEC play rolls around. But um, I think I'm forecasting a a bright and sunny spring for Ole Miss fans. I'll do that.
1: After March.
0: Damn, we've got one hell of a quarterback battle coming, right?
1: Yeah. Well, here's I want to say one more thing about, about basketball. All right. The best it's going to get as far as the current commitment from fans and administration to everything, money, was what it was under Andy Kennedy. Frustratingly on the bubble every single year, but you were on the bubble every single year. You get that one or two wins, you get in. Only twice was Ole Miss completely non-competitive. One year, everybody got hurt. Chris Warren tore his ACLs. That Graham tore his ACL. Trevor Gaskins tore his ACL. And the other year was his final year, in which he got fired. Every yeah. other year, they won competitive enough or competitive enough to at least be in the conversation. Seemingly, well, frustrating thing was like Ole Miss couldn't get over the hump. We needed they,
0: they won the SEC one year.
1: Yeah,
0: they won the SEC one year.
1: So, ironically, the first time that Andy was facing an absolute coaching change. I know what the, what Ross Bjork's list was. He was going to go talk to, to buzz. Who's now at Texas A&M. That was his number one guy. I mean, it was happening. And then Ole Miss went in with 27 wins to the SEC tournament and won the tournament. Even had they not won the tournament, had they just won the first two games they were going to get in, but we didn't know that there was a lot of belief that Ole Miss has to win this thing or Andy Kennedy is gone and he won and he stayed, but it's more than that. It's, Back then, we were told, Ole Miss is right there on the precipice. They built the pavilion. The commitment is there now, which isn't necessarily true because the money's just not there as far as buying kids to play. But the recruiting has been good under Kermit. Anyway, um, it was, we got to make the NCAA tournament more. That's what everybody was saying. Fans, administration, we got to make the NCAA tournament. And now, the fear was, I'm sorry, the fear was, what?
0: Andy. Andy won a a whole lot of games in the tad pad, in the worst basketball arena in the SEC. And and I just remember when the pavilion was being built, there was this train of thought out there that we're going to take the next step now. We're going to have the best facility in the conference, one of the best in the country, and the wins are just going to come. And I, I remember telling people I've never seen a building win a basketball game. And, um, you know, that that's kind of how it's been.
1: Yeah, and, and what I'm getting at is NCAA tournaments. had to make the NCAA tournament more. Ole Miss is on the precipice. They just need to get over the hump. Andy Kennedy can't take them over the hump. The fear was, though, when you made the move, that that was the best it was going to be in the modern era, and you were just going to fade even further into oblivion. Um, fortunately, Kermit did a good job in coaching – Andy Kennedy's players, and went to the NCAA tournament. Though that year, after they started with, like, what, 13 wins and 14 games, they finished slow and got blown out in the NCAA tournament, and it's been a downward spiral ever since. Last year was, like, the worst SEC finish in, what, 30 years? Something crazy. And now this year, they've got one win, and it's almost February in the SEC. One win. And they've lost to North Alabama, and they're not competitive against teams like Missouri is a good team good enough team, as in they're, they're a bubble contender, potentially. And it wasn't competitive. It wasn't. Deshaun Ruffin was – like it, it was putting too much on two guys who are NBA players and Deshaun Ruffin and Matthew Morrell to be NBA players right now for the rest of the roster the game score. Jamin Breakfield's been really good. That's unfortunate, too, because, like, Jamin's had a good year for a bad team.
0: I've got one more basketball question before we move on. All things considered, everything going on, Kermit on his way out. What's happened off the court? Um, Malik Ewan was a four star recruit for Kermit, top 100 player. Will he ever play basketball here again?
1: I have no idea. I have no idea. Okay. Let me ask you this though. A team of Austin Crowley at USM, Jarkel Joiner at NC State, Blake Kinson at Pitt, Luis Rodriguez at UNLV, and KJ Buffin at UAB, who's averaging 10, under Andy Kennedy. How many? I mean, how bad would the the blowout be against old Mrs. current team?
0: Hmm. Mm. Yeah, I, I would say Kennedy by certainly double digits, probably No, I'm not saying
1: game. Kennedy's team. I'm just saying a teammate of of Kermit runoffs, KJ Buffin, Austin Crowley, Jar Joyner, Blake Henson, and Luis Rodriguez. That starting five yeah, against yeah, old Mrs. Current starting five. What would the score be?
0: I'd favor that team by eighteen.
1: It wouldn't be it wouldn't be like I mean, you would easily say – I think everybody would easily say Ole Miss would lose that game, and that's an indictment and kind of speaks to exactly what I've been going on and on about here on this podcast all morning. What Ole Miss is doing philosophically, offensively, and defensively is regressive, and it doesn't work in 2023. The personnel has been good enough. That means then that it's it's the coaching. That's what it is. It's the overall approach.
0: It's philosophical. I think it is. Philosophical. Okay, Jonathan Davis, this big-ass lineman from Lawrence County, Mississippi, that I don't think any of us really knew he existed back in December, is blowing up sky high. Um, Looks like it's going to come down to Mississippi State, which I would say they'd be his leader right now. But he's going to be on the Ole Miss campus today and tomorrow. Um, Any hope there that Ole Miss can – flip this in-state kid? I don't know.
1: This late, when they pop up this late, it feels like it, it's more of a show for the kid to say, I got an offer. I'm kind of blowing up. Yeah, I'm talking old Miss, but it feels pretty down the road with State. That's the only concern I have.
0: Yeah, it does. And um, they've certainly been recruiting him longer than Ole Miss. Lane Kiffin went down there earlier this week and threw the offer out and has convinced him to come to Ole Miss for the next two days on an official visit. Um, They'll have to work some magic. He's supposed to go to Starkville this weekend for an official. And, of course, signing day is next Wednesday. He is a 2023, mind you, not a 24. He is ready to go. And um, my question is, and I've always said this, man, and this is why I went down to Hattiesburg Saturday in the fricking pouring rain. And we had a, a combine down there. We don't see all the kids we need to see below Jackson. And, and, and here's a prime example. Uh, I didn't know this kid existed until he just popped up like out of the blue. So, you know, now he's the big story in terms of Ole Miss recruiting.
1: Now, in, in our defense, Ole Miss is completely focused or has been for at least a month, if not much, much longer, on the portal. And so that's where our our coverage attention has been as well.
0: Well, and prior to now, prior to what we've seen over the last couple of weeks, not much focus in Mississippi. Um, I think that's fair to say. Now, they've changed their philosophy on that, partly because the 24 class is loaded in the state of Mississippi. But um, And I think the 25 class will be too. But, um, yeah, I guess there are reasons we didn't know about him. Um, But now we do. He's coming to town today. We'll see what happens. Uh, But a little bit of drama here in the last minute leading up to signing day because other than him, I really don't think there's going to be a whole lot of uh, action for Ole Miss next Wednesday, Ben.
1: Yeah, I would not be surprised if one or two guys show up on a commitment list that maybe we weren't expecting. That seems to happen, or Lane Kiffin has happened for the previous three recruiting cycles. It wouldn't surprise me if somebody, you know, we started to hear something about someone a couple of days before, and it ultimately ends up being a new signee, because they have room in their high school class especially. They only signed 12 in December to where they can take some chances on some guys if they want to.
0: Yeah, the chances seem to be aimed at the portal, though. And, um, you know, we'll see. We'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, next portal window, window is April 15th through April 30th. That's the, the 15 days that kids can get in the program, leave a program, all of that good stuff. It's going to be interesting on both ends. It's going to be interesting to see the new talent in the portal juxtaposed against Ole Miss' critical needs. And it's going to be interesting to see the Ole Miss roster and who decides to get in the portal at that time. This this whole portal stuff is crazy. It, it is absolutely nuts. And you throw the NIL into the mix. And, and, and it, it, is, it is exactly what Lane Kiffin said it was. It is unrestricted unrelenting NFL free agency for college football players.
1: And the only issue is that unlike the NFL, which has really a three, four month period, this thing just seems to be happening all the time.
0: All the time. Absolutely. And, and, you know, they, they, they narrowed it down. You've got the winter window and the spring window. Um, They're going to have to tweak it some more.
1: I think they need to eliminate the spring window.
0: But, but, you know, it's for the players. And, 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 look, there have been a many a player to go through spring ball and come out of it feeling screwed. You know, like, you know, this is bullshit. I'm not going to get to play. I'm not going to get my reps. And, and shouldn't that kid be allowed the same thing? Because you're at a different state after spring ball than you are after the season to know where you stand on the depth chart. How
1: about this? Tell me if my plan is terrible, all right? Okay. The first window opens after the last regular season game. It closes on what used to be the only signing day for high school players. Eliminate the second signing day for high school players because it's silly. And have all of them signed by December. And that way, you have December, January, and then February. And you can keep the two-week window, but it's a hard two weeks. You have Uh, to get in and declare and then sign. I
0: I don't mind that, and I do think February signing day for high school players and JUCO players should be eliminated. Um, December signing day is fine. But if you don't have that second portal window, you're taking away from those players their ability to analyze their situations after spring ball.
1: Yeah, so we I just say, all right, that's fine. Open up the spring window for two weeks, but it's a hard two weeks because for the first window, you could declare up to January 18th, and kids that were declared could still take visits and stuff. There's no, like, restriction on when they got to make a commitment unless they just want to be enrolled by a certain time, January for the spring semester. But if you're one of those that want to assess and you've done a bunch of legwork, maybe you're a Kendrick Breedlove who got in, got out, got back in, went to Colorado. Maybe he wanted to wait and say, you know what? I got Colorado on the hook. I got this and this and this. I want to see where things play out. And it's still not what you want it to be. You still got a spot at Colorado. You could then leave. But it's a hard two weeks because you've now gotten three months to truly assess your situation and, and get all the information available. And then you go through the spring. And if in the spring, it's exactly as you feared and you want to get in, get in. But after that two week, once that last day of the two weeks is over, if you have not picked a school, well, you're shit out of luck. Because there has to be time off from this for everybody, players, coaches, everybody.
0: Yeah, it, it, it's in July, <laughs> and, uh, and that's basically it.
1: For like two uh, weeks
0: in July, too. Yeah, as things stand right now, that's that's basically it. Um, it's, um, we live in a, pardon the pun, a 24-7, 365 world now and the effort is to turn football recruiting into that and it has turned into that it is 24 7 365 days a year
1: and from a coverage standpoint it's been great like what else would we be doing in old days we'd be covering a really bad basketball team yeah i've appreciated it we've gotten to talk pretty much about football every single day however it is untenable
0: well, it's untenable because of the responsibility we feel, you know, if something's happening, we need to know about it. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it doesn't matter if you're in the bathroom and taking a shower or at your little girl's cheer competition. Uh, inevitably that's when things are going to happen. <laughs> um, so I'm glad you also, threw
1: that one in as if that wasn't yeah, exactly what happened to me on Saturday. <laughs>
0: exactly. Look, Look! okay, so Sunday night, I'm, I'm, we talked about this before we got on the air. I'm at Toyo when, uh, who was it, committed Sunday night? Was it Gaddy? Who committed? It was Walton. Walton, okay. Uh, I just sat down with my family at Toyo. I had been on the computer working from 7 a.m. until 5.30 p.m., and... I said, okay, I'm going to go eat with my family.
1: And that's when the so commit it, popped.
0: That's when it happened. That's when it happened. It always works that way. Um, you know, so.
1: That's what I'm saying. The structure isn't there. The structure there is, isn't
0: there. there is so no structure.
1: If there was more of a structure to it, then I think it could be a lot better for everybody. But here's where we're at now because Ole Miss is in classes and they're still talking to some kids. I'm going to throw some names at you. I just want you to give me like the quick hitter breakdown of where things stand with certain guys, okay? Okay. All right. Des Moines Kennedy from Alabama, the transfer linebacker.
0: I really think he ends up at Ole Miss. I uh, I think the temptation to continue to play for Pete Golding, is there
1: i don't know where i am on that one because all i hear is he's going back to alabama but he's still kind of out there
0: <sighs> well you know the the thing of it is you can't know where you are on any of these guys period i mean because uh, of nil i i mean look I, I don't know what alabama or nebraska or anybody else is throwing out there no i, I do I, know that
1: alabama's Purses, like Texas A&M, are infinite if they need to be. Correct. So they decide, we, you know what, we, we need Des Moines. We need Des Moines just for some some safekeeping here. Let's just give him, I don't know, $100,000. They can do that. Meanwhile, Ole Miss is paying right. Jackson Dart $100,000.
0: But, but what does it mean? What does it mean to the It kids? means that Ole
1: Miss doesn't get a linebacker it needs.
0: Well, That's not necessarily. It. Not necessarily. There could be other factors at play. Going through a college football practice, is not fun and you you want to like the guy who's screaming and barking in your ear you want to have some comfortability with him and you know I think, I think kennedy has that with golden
1: that's really fair keanu williams the defensive lineman from oregon who visited over the weekend i don't know i don't either because i was like, hearing on sunday oh yeah that won't be wrapped up pretty quick and yet here we are and he's still out there
0: yeah. yep yep and um Somebody asked me that question this morning. Um, and, and I think I said those three words. I don't know. I just don't know.
1: It's okay to admit when you don't know. I don't know.
0: I, do I thought he was
1: going to come. I wrote it on the board in our um, recruiting tidbits for the day that I thought Keanu Williams was going to be done pretty quickly. And yet, of the visitors that came in, including Monizmani, the offensive lineman from Wyoming Diablo Valley College, he committed, but not him, not Keanu. And they need
0: money, money won't be here until the uh, summertime. He is not a mid year guy,
1: right? Quincy Brown from TCU. I don't think that's really anything serious.
0: You know, I, I, I know that they sent Derek Nix out there over the weekend, right? Um, but I can tell you this I also know. Anything with Quincy Brown has not reached the stage of involving the Grove Collective and talking about NIL at this Correct. point. Yes. So you know
1: that's when that's you know good. it's serious, serious.
0: Yeah, yeah, precisely.
1: Isaiah Brevard from Oregon, the wide receiver. I've heard I heard a little bit about him because Lane Kiffin himself desperately wanted him out of high school in South Haven, a four-star wide receiver last year and didn't get him. And I heard some stuff initially about almost having some interest in him, but there is nothing there, almost uh, wise, that I'm hearing right now.
0: Yeah, he seems to have faded away. Uh, been in the portal a good while now, it seems yeah. like.
1: A couple, of weeks. couple
0: of weeks. And, uh, you know, he is a Mississippi guy from South Haven, but um, yeah, I, I, I don't know.
1: Are you hearing anything about him on your no. end? Because I'm not. No. Is what I'm saying. Dylan Johnson, the Mississippi State running back.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think um, I think Mississippi State is close to conceding. He's not coming back there. Um, classes have already started at the University of Washington, where he is committed out of the portal. The last I heard, Dylan Johnson is still in the state of Mississippi, not attending classes out there um, yet. So, you know, he's been on the Ole Miss campus. Does he want to stay in Mississippi? I think that's the biggest question mark right now. Um, you know, whatever is going on with Dylan is, is currently being ironed out. Uh, not saying he's going to be a rebel, but I would not be surprised.
1: It does feel like that one is trending in the right direction. But of all the guys I've mentioned, and, and there needs to be an understanding here, a true caveat. These are the known guys. Ole Miss is pursuing known guys, oh, yeah. yeah. Because we, yeah. we can like we can go as far as we want to, and and we can get some guys and stuff like that. But th- I've still been surprised in this portal cycle, and that just speaks to kind of how Lane Kiffin and his recruiting staff make like approach this stuff, which is fine. I'm not knocking it. I'm just saying that you need to understand just because we listed these names does not mean that that's where the list begins or ends.
0: The lid right now. On information flowing to us from within the program is as tight as it has ever been. And, you know, I think we have both covered Houston Nut, Hugh Freeze.
1: Oh, well, I Matt. covered Ed Orgeron.
0: You covered Ed. Okay.
1: I would argue that Ed was
0: way worse. Well, he was gruffer. But um, I, 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 don't know, I don't know if the flow is any worse. And, you know, who did Lane Kiffin learn from?
1: I will say, though, I, I don't mind the culture of it, though. I'm fine with it. It makes it very black and white. It's, you know, you well, just do the best you can. It
0: gives you more freedom.
1: Yeah. But it just uh, you know exactly what you got to do and how you got to approach it. You got to wake up every day willing to grind. And if you know the right people to ask, you can get some stuff. And um, you can inform the public, but I just want people to understand that there could be a guy or two or three that pop up that we didn't know about, you didn't know about because we didn't know about it. And that's okay. But of the ones we've we just listed off here, which one would you say, if, if you had to put a betting favorite, odds on favorite to be an old Miss Rebel of all those guys, would it be Des Moines, Dylan Johnson? Who would you think is the favorite? I think those are the two that if you made me like place a bet, that's that one of those guys would get my bet.
0: Yeah, Dylan. Dylan would be yeah. the guy. Me um, too yeah and we and and look let me say this we do appreciate all of the quote-unquote sources that work with us um so not 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 complaining about access not at all they don't owe you access they don't owe me access that's right they don't owe anybody access. you and
1: i feel the exact same about this in 2023 if you need shit handed to you on a silver platter you're bad at
0: your job that, that's right. That's right. And, 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 you know, you get used to getting phone calls at 1230 at night. <laughs> you Why
1: get spoiled. You that's it.
0: Yeah. From, from you freeze. I, I, I mean, you know, why'd you say that? Why'd you say it like that? What are you doing? Um, and then by the time the conversation's over, uh, freeze has given you his entire offensive recruiting board and uh, you know, you appreciate. It. You, you appreciate. appreciate it. It. You get yeah. spoiled.
1: You know, and it's all those guys. It wasn't just Freeze. It was Brennan. It was Sisk. It was all those guys, man. They're all oh,
0: like wide open. Um, I, I love Tyler Siski to this day. Um, the binocular stuff, way overblown. Um, Why are we still bringing that up in 2023? What are we doing? I don't know. I don't know.
1: You brought him up. Well, I'm just um, saying that all those guys were real. Like it was just different. And it's a different approach and that's fine. I'm, I'm not complaining about, you're not complaining about it either. The point is, is I just want people to realize if a guy or two or three or four pops up and ends up as Ole Miss Rebels, it's because, Hey, I mean, we, we, it's a grind every day. We're trying to dig and try to find stuff too. And, and you're not going to get everyone them anymore. It's not, if it's handed to you on a silver platter, you're bad at your job. If it has to be. And uh, that's not how it really works anymore. And that's fine. Cause I dig it. And, um, and I'm thankful for the portal because, man, could you imagine how we've been spending the last two months talking about basketball, leading these things? Come on, man! Oh,
0: man. That would be tough. It would oh, be man. tough. So you bring up a good point there. There's a reason to be thankful for the portal. And uh,
1: silver linings—that's what we're looking for on this January 25th. What's today? Is today, Wednesday. Wednesday. There's a the thankful silver lining. The portal's given us shit to talk about that isn't basketball. Thank you, portal.
0: Thank you, portal. Lord have mercy. So who knows what's going to happen today? What's in store for us today? Let's end uh, it
1: on good news. Give me something good. Give me Ole Miss good to round this thing out.
0: There's going to be one heck of a quarterback battle in Oxford. I like That's good news. I mean, is it necessary? Yeah, I, I think it is.
1: Um, Hell, yeah, it's necessary. It's necessary to always provide the best competition you can at every position. Get good players. Get the best players you can wherever you can get them and go field the best team you can.
0: I agree.
1: Starts with quarterback. He's That'll David come Johnson. Come I'm Ben Garrett, at Spirit Ben, at Inside the Rebels. He writes for Inside at Rebels 247. Excuse me. He writes for Inside the Rebels 247. I write for the Old Miss Spirit on three. If you haven't already, subscribe, review Talk of Champions on iTunes. And when you do, leave a five-star review. It doesn't matter what you say. As long as it's five stars in the podcast it can be found. Wherever you get your podcast. just simply search Talk of Champions. He's David Johnson. Thank you, my friend. We'll do it again.
0: Hotty totty, everybody.